0: The Y Curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. Tax
1: cuts or better services? The Chancellor's being pushed hard by his party. Reduce the tax
0: burden to stimulate the economy and maybe save some seats in the election. But there are plenty of cautious voices too. After a decade and a half of austerity, the system is creaking and the roof's falling in. Spend anything you can on schools, hospitals and
1: transport. But maybe there's too little in the coffers to do much on either side. The fiscal
0: headroom is pretty low and we haven't beaten inflation. So what should be in Jeremy Hunt's budget and what does the UK economy need? The why curve. Well, i tell you what the UK economy needs. It me. needs a bloody miracle, doesn't it? It's, no. um, it's, well. I mean, it's it, things certainly are yes. in the doldrums. Things it's are falling apart uh, and I don't know whether it is the consequences, I think probably is, yeah. of all those years of austerity and underfunding that it's payback time now, but the problem is obviously that payback means no where's the money going to come from? Exactly. It's well, like all the money that should have been invested plus what we need today. Well, but we've heard all these things. Actually, you know,
1: the government isn't borrowing as much money as they thought they would, and mm. there's all these kind of wrinkles, and maybe there's a bit more headroom they could do a few things. And I mean, you know, there are plenty of mainly Tories, admittedly, out there who will say, well, you know, cut the taxes and people will invest. People will spend money. People will do what's necessary to get the economy going. Again.
0: Well, yeah, and if you do sort of give people more. Money. All you're doing actually is taking, giving, giving them back money that's been taken away. Yeah. So I mean, the one thing they could do straight away is they say we've got this this freeze on the the tax threshold till 2027. They could say, well, let's get rid of that first mm. of all, and then people might say because then there'd be less money immediately, mm. but people would know that have this perception that over subsequent years they're going to have a bit more money because I am just uh, uh, preparing myself to spend less in subsequent succ- yes, because in subsequent years I'm going to earn less because I can't see my income increase significantly, but the tax threshold will mean that, you know, allowing for inflation, I will have less money to oh, spend.
1: No. Oh dear. Yeah, no, so we're you're the victim. Unless.
0: Well, I mean, everyone is in the same boat. You're in the same oh, boat. Yeah. We are oh, all yeah. in the same boat, which means progressively every year we'll spend less. Right. So how's the economy going to grow yeah, it's not gonna if, work. If, you, if people have less money to spend? Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. first thing they could do is, is get rid of that crazy yes. idea. Yes, Bring and, back
1: Liz Trust, fewer taxes, <laughs> lots more money. I didn't say bring back Liz Trust. Oh, you didn't. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought that was the way you were going.
0: <laughs> Yeah, what a travesty that would be. Well, Although I have to say, I'm not a big Liz trust fan, but I do feel like uh, I've heard too many times this line that we are all paying uh, higher mortgage rates as a result of, of because of her. But you know, we know that's not the case. No, no, no.
1: But what we know is that the problem the problem remains. What money is available for doing anything? Mm. And whether that in that balance, you could put in tax cuts that might in some way stimulate now, whether it's changing the threshold or God knows what else. Yeah. Or you put money into schools and hospitals and all the things that we know from our previous podcasts, in fact, uh, are falling apart.
0: Yeah. And do we accept that perhaps for a while we need greater government debt and we just have to we just have to live with it? That's Mm -hmm. the other side of the equation. Well, as as long as
1: people keep lending to us. Yeah. That's not so much of a problem because as long as it's costed. Liz Truss brackets again. Well, people, it's never, okay.
0: Yeah, well, it's a very rare occasions where governments don't find, particularly big governments like the UK or the US or within Europe, don't find bias for their bonds. When when we hit that date, then we really know we've 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 got a problem. But I think we're a long way off that. But let's talk about all of that with Frances Coppola. She's an economist. She's also written a book, "The Case for People's QE." And she's got a, a blog as well, which is worth a read called Coppola Comments. She's worked in the banking industry; she knows a lot about this space. And she joins us now. So, Francis, I mean, do you think that uh, they will cut taxes next week? I mean, interesting, isn't it? The The Institute for Fiscal Studies seems to think that you know the government can't should can't afford to give these cuts, so they shouldn't do it. Well,
2: they can't. Um- But that doesn't mean they won't do it. I mean, from the government's point of view, this is possibly the last budget before the election, and they are trailing badly in the polls. They need to do something to... um, Improve their standing, and I guess that you know, tax giveaways is the way they've done it before. So, presumably, they're going to do it again in the hopes of um, persuading people to vote for them.
1: But, but, but the problem if they do anything like that, and you know, the OBR, the Office of Budget Responsibility, looks over it and says, Yes, it will, or well, or it won't run, but they don't want to get on the wrong side of the OBR uh, because we know where that went with the Liz Truss experience. So, it's got to at least look respectable, hasn't
2: it? Yeah, but they'll do it by penciling in unaffordable spending cuts. They've done that already on the grounds that if they lose the next election, then spending cuts are Labour's problem and Labour will just raise the taxes again, won't it? Because that's what the Labour Party does. Um, and uh, and if they win, well, I guess I'll think about that when they get there. But mm. the point is that they're, they're kicking all of this down down the massively down the road so. as
0: every government does particularly when it looks like they're going to lose i mean it's, yeah, yeah, how, yeah, in, in a yeah. way it's how, how can we make it even worse for labor so i guess the one thing we know they won't do which is what we were talking about just before we, we started talking to you which they're not going to move this this freeze on tax thresholds are they because that's down the track but it seems like that's the obvious thing to do because people are having to adjust their future spending because they will have less money progressively year on year supposedly until 2027
2: Well, that's the other thing. There's a huge amount of smoke and mirrors about this. So here is Hunt talking about cutting 2P off the um, headline rate of income tax, well, continuing not to raise thresholds, which means they're being cut in real terms, which means that you've got this fiscal drag effect where more and more people are either paying tax who perhaps in, in previous years wouldn't have paid it at all, or who are now in higher rate tax, who wouldn't have been before. And so that's an awful lot of people who are actually paying more tax and will continue to pay more tax, even if he cuts the headline rate of income tax.
1: So does he not have, I mean, is that, is that, you say it's smoke and mirrors, if it works, I suppose, in terms of perhaps winning them or keeping them a few more seats come the election, but most people are savvy to this. Yeah, aren't well, they?
2: I, I, I actually think this looks awfully like a tired government that has run out of ideas, to be honest. And, you know, when you're this far behind in the polls, what do you do? No, they—they kind
0: of it doesn't it. matter, does it? It kind of
2: doesn't matter, and they can't make long-term commitments because all—all all the um, you know reading the runes they're not going to be off in office for more than another few months so how can they be long term spending or, or investment decisions it's not going to happen is it
0: so in reality if you know you're going to lose you you would actually say well okay how can we make it difficult for the next government so that they have to make the difficult calls so that we can come back after one term that's how you'd use this budget and i wonder whether that's actually what they'll do so let's let's create unsustainable cuts that will have to be reversed by the, by the Labour government sort of like six months later.
2: No, there might well be an element of that. They might have actually given up on this election and now looking forwards to the um, 28, 2028, 20, 20, one. So well, we'll lose this one to the Labour, but we'll make this as difficult as possible for Labour. So they have to massively jack up taxes and cut spending and everybody will hate them and then we'll win the, the next election. Yeah, that might be the thinking. I don't know, but there's also
0: this big thing, isn't there, about uh, budget deficit. So if you know, if if Labor takes over and then there's an even bigger budget deficit because this this budget's seen as being a bit of a blowout and they spend more than they're bringing in because of these tax cuts, then Labor will be there to say, "Oh, we've inherited this big budget deficit. Therefore, we're going to make the, the difficult decisions to bring this budget deficit down." But I, I think I saw somewhere that we are the 15 this is the 15th largest deficit last financial year since 1948 now the 15th largest deficit over all that time when we've just had a couple of years of a global pandemic it doesn't sound too bad. Doesn't it doesn't it. sound bad at all, it, does it?
2: It's really not. And actually, though no, I have to say though that I am old enough to remember when the Conservatives were banging on and on and on and on about the deficits and the mess that the Labour Party had made of the economy and all the rest of it, and we had ten years of austerity because of it. Now we've got a budget deficit and we've got potentially um unsustainable debt. They're awfully quiet about it really, aren't they? What do you think? saying much about this, <laughs>
1: sure. but is it unsustainable? Well, I was <laughs> going to say because because people you know, l- lend to governments, weren't they? France is almost—I mean, the government yeah. the size of the UK. Whatever happens, so in a sense, it's unreal to say this is an unsustainable deficit.
2: Well, I'm not saying that I'm not saying the de- deficit is unsustainable in the terms of unpayable. Un- un- we can sustain a deficit. It's more the um, the projected debt load, um, uh, and this is just maths, really, that. On its present trajectory, it's just going to keep on increasing. That's when I said it's unsustainable. It, you know, you can live with high levels of debt. I, I don't. I'm not one of these people who says, "Oh my God, we've got to pay off our debt. We're in terror. We're in. We're you know in hot. We're going to go bankrupt. We're going to default. No, we're not. We're not going to do any of that. It all depends. And we saw that with Liz Trust. It all depends on how um, international markets view us. And the UK is still. an an economy and a country in very good standing internationally, Um, we aren't going to default. We aren't going to get shut out of markets. We aren't going to have a fiscal crisis. All of this is nonsense. It's not going to happen. But we do have to pay attention to the fact that um, really the story, and I think the Labour Party will be making this point, the story is about economic growth rather than than, than, um, public debt and deficits, that actually our our, our our economic performance is becoming so poor that yeah. it's actually very hard to sustain in a way that the, the level of spending that we want. We so how how do you get that growth
0: and how do you get that economic growth what, well, you, what... Enough,
2: my, my considered opinion on this and i am in very good company on this one because it's also pretty much what the national institute has been saying <laughs> um is that the way to get more growth into this economy is to invest so and not just relying trying to i know the government's been doing quite a lot on private sector investments you know um, to, um, make it easier for businesses and so forth. It's been quite a lot of work on that. And I imagine that continue in the next budget. Um, and that's good and important. But public sector investment as well, because it primes the pump. It's like, almost like a statement of confidence. We uh, are confident yeah. in our economy. These are the growth areas. This is what we need to invest in. You need to invest not just in in physical infrastructure. There's a lot of talk about roads and potholes, you know, um, but also in people, in skills. Yeah. And, and,
1: and, and in technology. And I mean, the Inflation yeah. Reduction Act in America is being seen as the kind of template for that kind of Absolutely. real injection.
2: And and, and America's feeling the benefit of that. I mean, it, I don't see how people can possibly say that the extraordinary economic performance of America in the last twelve years, which is amazing, really, mm-hmm. um, isn't to do with the economic policies. You know, I mean, I know the the you know there's Trump going out there saying Biden is ruining this country, and I look at the that the economic figures
0: and go, how? Yeah, <laughs> well, but, exactly. but, but yeah,
2: you can make the
1: counterpoint though, and it actually reflects on us too uh, Francis, which is that the, the, the Conservative claim that, okay, if we give people more money back in taxes, that is what will prime the pump, that is what will get the economy going. And there are certainly people in America, as I've heard them, who say it was actually what Trump did during his period in office in terms of tax, is the reason that but the, the economy's doing... Didn't
0: work well, it them, worked further it? on down the line, they're mm. saying it's what's happening so now. Isn't, but isn't the danger that if you give too much money for people to spend but you're not encouraging businesses to grow, then you've got a surplus of demand and you haven't got the supply there, which is inflationary, which is sort of like the the question, if you have tax cuts right now, isn't this the worst time to be doing it?
2: That was a lot of what was wrong with Liz Truss's budget was it was the right mm. budget at the wrong time. Mm. It was the right budget potentially for 10 years ago. It actually yeah. was gone down quite well then. But because mm. of when she was doing it, you know, when we were when inflation was rocketing and some interest rates were rising and all the rest of it, it was just a really bad budget for where we were then. The timing was massively wrong. There are times that tax cuts, that kind of that, those kind of tax cuts can be really good for an economy. Um, but that wasn't it. Um you know, so and it isn't now either. and
1: it isn't now. Either, and
2: it isn't now. Um, so um, what we actually need now is investment. We desperately need investment. If I thought we could get invest the kind of the quantity and the kind of investment we need purely by cutting taxes, then I would support that. But I don't think we can. I think that that's been tried multiple times and it's failed every time. So now it is time now to say no. What we actually need is for government to to prime the punt pump to step in and invest in the areas that the public sector has demonstrated that it's a bit nervous about investing in Like what? Well housing for starters.
0: Yeah 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 and um, but also what about growth in in, in industry growth as well? Mm -hmm. I mean if because it seems like well that, that that's you know it, it is the whole supply and demand argument isn't it so we talk about we say well, if we create too much demand and there's not the supply there then that you know that's inflationary so then you, then you say well okay well let's let's try and increase supply so is that the way you have a supply led well recovery? I,
2: said, I said earlier about not just capital didn't I and mm. it's not just about businesses also about people so if I look back to the origins of the welfare states, it's worth looking at this because it's very interesting where it came from. That, um, we think of it as about welfare, but actually, a lot of the law, a lot of the ideas in it were to do with business to do with the idea that you needed to have a wealthy, a healthy workforce, you needed to have health care so that you had high, so that your workers were more productive and so that they could get back to work more quickly, and you yeah. had health care for wives and children so that men didn't take time off work to look after them. Things like that, Um, you invested in children because they're the future workforce. It sounds awfully utilitarian, but a lot of the ideas that we've used in the past to justify public spending on people are to do with if you invest in your people and i don't just mean in young people you know skills and so forth but in people's health and their welfare in social care so that you aren't suffering this awful drain of skilled women from the workforce in their 40s and 50s never to return which is happening and never gets talked about um you know, you know, where people aren't stuck on waiting lists for months and, months and months and months and months getting iller and iller and therefore not able to work or having to stop work early and ending up on the um, out of work because they're sick list that Fraser Nelson of The Spectator keeps complaining about. Um, lots of them are on NHS waiting lists. Um, you know, this is an investment in people, but it's also an investment in our economy. Mm-hmm.
1: But the trouble is it's a longer-term thing, though, isn't it? And if, you're, if you do that kind of thing, you've got to be thinking a fair way down the line. It's
0: only a long-term thing because the backlog is so great, isn't mm. it? I mean, it, it's... But, I mean, well, it's that's
2: been... right. I mean, we've allowed it to get into this state. Mm. It, this isn't a new thing. <laughs> so, a so it seems like a
0: no-brainer then, doesn't it? That You know, OK, <laughs> big investment in health, because we know that uh, it's not just the, 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 those uh, middle-aged women that you're talking about. It's also a lot of young people as well uh, mm-hmm. with mental issues as well. well there's, that's, there's, there's, an there's, an there's enormous
1: stats en- about that suggesting it's very bad.
0: An enormous number of people who are just not able to work, so our productivity is down. Yeah,
2: I think the mental health, health crisis needs to be looked at um, in the round and not just as a health problem, because I think it's a lot to do with circumstances. And if you look at the pressures on young people, I'm actually not that surprised that a good many of them are really struggling mentally. Look, I mean, look at the pressure. Look, at, I mean, I would have to look again. Government policy over the last. 14 years, which has hammered young people repeatedly. I mean, you know, young people who can't can't get accommodation, they, they don't qualify for full universal credit, you know, they, they, all sorts of things. It's actually really hard for them, this, the universal credit sanctions, particularly by its young people whose jobs are often quite unstable. Um, no, it, it, it when, when you look at what's been imposed on them, I don't think it's that surprising that there's a mental health crisis.
1: Yeah, so, and we've
0: we talked about this recently on yeah, the podcast, well, the yes, last so right. podcast we, yeah. we
1: actually highlighted some of these issues, but the problem there, as we identified, is the is the ability to inf- to actually affect the politics
0: because a lot of them, of course, don't vote.
2: But, well, and also um, even if they do, they're outnumbered by the
0: graver. That might change over time, uh, but. Uh, so what we're saying here, then, is invest in public service. Number one, invest in – the one thing we know is not actually going to be in the budget next week. Invest in, in – well, it might be, but it will just be piecemeal. Invest in public services so we get over that problem where there's so many people out of the workforce uh, because of illness. If we can get them back into the workforce in jobs that they enjoy, then we start to see growth within within the economy. Uh and it would be worth, it seems like you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it would be worth carrying the deficit for a few years to try and correct that situation.
1: And, and, and Francis, the, you know, would the international um, markets uh, that, that put money into government bonds, would they wear that? If they, you know, We said how they didn't wear what Liz Truss put forward because it was the wrong budget at the wrong time. But if... The, the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, actually says, right, I'm going to massively invest in public services now and there's going to be more debt. Would the international money markets wear that?
2: Yeah, actually, I think they would. Um, they have. We I've read commentary from from market analysts and so forth, which is pretty, which has pretty much said we need much more investment. So, for example, if Jeremy Hunt decided to say we are going to, to take on board what has been said by credible external external economic think tanks, such as the National Institute, that we should raise investment to three percent of GDP. Um, yeah. Markets would absolutely wear that. And we might find, I think, that if we went down that route, given that the re- rationale for doing so would be to get economic growth moving over the medium term, to raise productivity over the medium medium term and to ease some of the strains in public services um, that are causing um a bit of a funk in 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 british business to be in my view um we might find that the risk premium on um uh, government debt might come down so we might well, see uh, it's more
0: reduction in- and we've got the institute for fiscal studies saying that the government shouldn't be spending less and they're hardly a a lefty loving think tank are they you know so if yeah, and they've
2: also said actually one of the things they've highlighted and i think just about every credible economic um think tank has said this now um that um, the government's decide- decision to freeze investment in cash terms is crazy. That's a real terms cuts. Um And now we, we saw that in the 2010s with the Conservative government then cut public investment, and we're paying the price for that now. And they think they can replay it now, and our public services are in much worse shape. Um, I, I, I'm not getting it.
0: So could the government make more money um, but without – Destroying, you know, the the ability, the spending power of the average middle Englander or middle mm-hmm. Brit um, by, for example, looking at uh, the the balance, for example, between earned and unearned income. So it's interesting, isn't it? The Nigel Lawson recognised that they should be the same all those years ago, but instead we're in the situation now: capital gains, dividends, all taxed at a much lower rate than. And income. Yeah, it's interesting. Doing something like that, could redressing that balance, could could go a long way, couldn't it? We
2: might also want to recall that um, higher rate tax is also at a lower rate now than it was doing Mrs. That's quite quite considerably lower. So in that respect, when you look at the tax rates, we don't look overtaxed. Um, But yes, the progressive cuts to capital gains tax and also the reliefs on all sorts of forms of um, income generating activities for uh, um, or wealth generating activities for people who are lucky enough to have assets. Um, I think all of that really should be looked at and around. We have a ridiculous tax system, frankly, um, you know. but we should really be starting from the principle that all forms of income are taxed equally, unless there is a good reason not to do so. So you might, if you start from the premise that all forms of income are taxed equally, but you choose to offer relief if, for example, it's going to be used for productive investment, which is, you know, the the full expensing thing. For example, is a tax relief um, on business investment, and that's a good thing. But it's done by through tax relief hmm. rather than. Well, there
1: has been there have been elements of that in in previous budgets where they've tried to encourage investment in that sort of way.
2: Yeah, it absolutely. Been notably <laughs>
1: successful, but it exists.
2: Yeah, no, it, and it was the, the full expensing thing was welcomed by everybody. It was originally introduced as a, as a as a temporary measure and then everybody went, you need to make this permanent. And I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if they quite have done yet, but they really need to, it's ridiculous. Um, so, but those are reliefs. And I think, you know, you're never gonna escape from reliefs. The question is policing them and making sure because every time you offer some kind of relief on anything, you always get an industry popping up um, designed to help people use it if, if they're not entitled to it. Mm. Um, so you really do have to police it much better than we are yes, doing I mean, now. I think
1: the film industry was a clever one for a long time. Wasn't
2: yeah, it? absolutely. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have reliefs. It just means we need to police them properly. Um and I think that's a different matter from actually establishing the principle which we've failed to establish, that all forms of income should be taxed equally. I mean, it's a no-brainer, really. Do you think
0: Rishi recognises, or Jeremy, the, the importance of money supply in all of this? That if, if he reduces the government deficit, he's, in effect, reducing the amount of money in circulation. And unless he can find a way of actually speeding up how quickly that money changes hands and having more of it sitting in the finance sector as unearned income isn't going to increase the speed... He's never going to increase the size of the economy, is he?
2: Well, there's a little bit of a trade-off here as well. So, you know, they want to bring down the government deficit, and, we, and they do that by, by kind of means of tax rises and spending cuts, which, as you point out, drains money from the economy. So what does the Bank of England do?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, they're fighting against the Bank of England, aren't they, in a way? I mean, that's Well,
2: a- that's right. The big, it, there's pressure on the Bank of England to cut interest rates. Because when you have that kind of fiscal tightness, the Bank of England, as we saw during the austerity years, the Bank of England was forced to offset it with exceptionally loose monetary policy. We know that it was using, I mean, you know, interest rates practically on the floor for uh, on the floor for for over ten years, and repeated bouts of QE, um, really to offset George Osborne's. Um, fiscal fiscal consolidation drive. Well,
0: I mean, do you think that's part of the plan though? Do you think they're thinking, well, okay, if we if we reduce the money supply, then we'll, we're we're going to force the Bank of England's hands, and they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to lower interest rates faster, and we'll be credited with that.
2: I'm not convinced they've thought about it that that colony, <laughs> to be
0: honest. I think it's all too complicated for them.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know that they necessarily think of it like that. Thinking of it like that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they obviously they they are quite keen on interest rates coming down because that would give relief to people on mortgages, and people more on mortgages are more likely to vote Tory. Um, but um, you know, so there is that. They can credibly claim we have brought with, through our policies. We have. Cut it, We have uh, brought interest rates down so you can afford your mortgages. Um, you know that might buy them a few votes. A few votes. That's yeah. a real danger though
0: for them, isn't it? That actually it might not happen before the election, I and mean, it could be very late in but the. And that's year before the
2: thing. other thing is that because of the change in the structure of our mortgage market in the last uh, twenty years, really from. M- when most people were on trackers, um, whereby, so if the Bank of England raised interest rates, you immediately felt it in your mortgage. Now, only a minority of people are, most people are on two, three, four. Five-year fixes, which means that if the Bank of England raises interest rates or cuts them for that matter, you don't feel it immediately. You feel yeah. it sometime later. Yeah, but you know, it's coming. So that
0: time is coming now, isn't it? You know, People so are the, ticking the, out the end of their three-year mortgage the and, and, and the variable lags
2: of monetary policy have become much longer and more variable,
0: which causes problems. But
1: but but the, the way in which this is looked at, both the government point of view is inflation. So so the extent to which you know that's going to affect uh, the prospects of inflation are going to affect the Bank of England decision. But but on On that point, Francis, I mean, I suppose the Chancellor may well mention where we are in terms of tackling inflation uh, as one of the indicators of what he is or cannot do. Um, But okay, well, first of all, where do you think we are on that and what difference will it
2: make? Um, inflation is coming down. Um, I mean, it's going. We know it's going to come down because the uh, because of the way energy pricing works in this country. So, that in April, there's going to be a sharp fall in, in inflation just because of the shift in base effect. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the energy price cap um, shift um, It's going to come down and base effects. Um, so, and it's always difficult to tease so those out. So, what the Bank of England watches is core inflation, of course, which takes out. The things that worry all of us, which is food and energy and price, and Bank of England goes. I never mind about that. We're going to watch um, service uh, um, uh, uh, sur- wages wages and, yeah. in the service sector. <laughs> that's yeah. our, our our carers' wages going up. Well, they are going to because the because the because because the food's going up. Just raised the <laughs> is raising the living wage. And that's going to yeah. raise core.
0: Of- yeah, yeah, to that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. So but core so- inflation yeah. is coming down. I mean, there's no
2: overall. Yeah, inflation mm-hmm. is coming down and. That will mean so. What What's being priced in at the moment is um um cut interest rate cuts during the course of this year, but um, we don't know how quickly it's mm. going to come down. It seems to, to be point. slow, and that was the
0: point I was about to make you know, that it's the, this, the fact is a lot of people will be coming off their three year mortgages, and and even though interest rates are coming down, they won't have come down a great deal. They'll still find there's a big increase, just before, a big increase yeah. just before the election, big increase
2: just before the election. They're going, and that, they're going to have to tighten their belts a lot. And I don't mm. think that a reduction in the um, a rate of national insurance or um, a penny of interest, income tax is going to make any difference. to So humans. what
0: about, wouldn't the sensible thing then be to sort of like start talking about a strategy rather than a short-term win, particularly if you want to win the next election? So Stephen Phippson is the uh, chief executive of Make UK, which is the peak body for the manufacturing sector. He uh, said this week, you know, first of all, Uh, A budget twice a year, in effect, which is what we've got, just creates uncertainty for business. There should be really only one budget per term of government. You know why this semi-annual tinkering at the edges? Imagine well, that
1: will even be possible.
0: Well, I mean, but yeah, you get a year in. You know, you've had a chance yeah. to sort stuff out. And then- I
2: do think. I do think he's a business. He has an annual budgeting cycle. <laughs> I don't see why the government shouldn't have an annual budgeting but cycle. But his point like- was, I
0: think, but he's business will almost certainly have a strategy. So his his budgeting process will be working to that strategy as the government.
2: The government that's different government- from budgeting processing, though, isn't it? And maybe that's the point: mm. is that. Whereas- the Is strategy kind of fiscal strategy mm. has got mixed up with the budgeting process so rather than having a this is our budgeting process within our fiscal strategy we're now using the budgeting process to, process to set to reset the fiscal strategy and we're doing that twice a year which understandably it means everybody's going what
0: yeah what is what? the strategy well his point was there's been however however on? many industrial how yeah how do they they, how, how do they plan and how many industrial strategies have we had in in the uk if you look at the last budget you know the strategy was it was called uh this will make you laugh it was a budget for growth which yeah. you know we've had just had seven quarters of a decline in gdp per capita uh uk and he, he said you know the uk is going to avoid a recession he said last year we're um, on that too
2: well, mm. nom, nom, nom. I, I actually think that, that when you look at the trend um uh, the growth rate for the uk what we have is stagflation actually yeah we i mean i know it's a technical recession but it's like 0.1 percent and it'll probably be revised upwards because a lot of um ons um flash forecasts like that are so i wouldn't i wouldn't it's not going that
0: backwards but it's saying much. not going forwards it's, no,
2: it, but what we're saying is we're basically bumping along the bottom we're not going yeah. anywhere which literally it's kind of hovering around zero.
0: We want a budget then that gives a strategy, don't we? That's what we want him. We want him to come out next week. But he can't be strategic when he knows he's not going to be there for any long. Well, he can say it's a gift to the next government. <laughs> well, I mean, he might, but you would have thought you would be there saying, so, well, OK, here's my chance for us to save the election. Let's give a strategy that everyone gets behind. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It would be nice to think, firstly, that they might start planning on the basis on the assumption that they are going to be there, which is what any normal political party would do. Mm. We expect to win the next election and therefore putting our plans in for the next 5 years mm. which is what any normal political party would do but they're not doing that they they're saying we're just going to look we, we can't see beyond the end of our noses because we're not gonna, we don't think we're going to be here i mean they are signaling that they expect to lose they are and also that one would like to think that you know i'm sorry but the quality of our politicians is awful um, but everywhere we yeah think we had some some actual public servants there who said yeah okay so i might not be here be imposed to see this through but this is what needs to be done so this is what we're going to put in place and we hope that the next administration picks up what we have put in place and continues to operate it with only small changes because this is what we think needs to be done and that's not happening and that hasn't for a long time
0: given there's four things you can do really if you're trying to manage a budget you can increase tax revenue you can reduce government spending you can grow the economy so you get a broader base and hope that that's going to bring
2: in or you can, more or, revenue. You can or you can just have high inflation or, yeah
0: that, that, well that too yeah you can inflate your way out of it okay there's five then five things i had four you've given five what have the romans ever done for us uh or you could just accept a higher my fourth one was just accept the higher budget deficit so what do you think uh, is the tack they're going to take next week um
2: they're going to have to accept the higher budget deficit anyway they have no way of getting mm. out of that at all um They've set themselves a target of getting debt defaults proportion of national income. Uh, over five years which of course like I said they're signaling they won't be here to see through um, so they won't care very much about that either um um so i doubt if we're going to hear all that much about growth to be honest because like i said all the mood messages we don't care so i think we are going to see some fairly silly tax cuts and actually some missed opportunities because like i said our our, our tax system really is quite silly um It's got all sorts of anomalies in it that they could iron out, which would benefit various people. There are things they could do. They could um, make the work allowances um, taper less steep. They could um, get rid of the ridiculous um, um, taxation of child benefit that Cameron introduced, which creates ludicrous marginal tax rates for people on quite moderate incomes who happen to have a few children um they could maybe address the um, cliff edge with the withdrawal of the personal personal allowance i mean there are these things they could do which actually might give some relief to to what Theresa may call the squeezed middle and even to some people on much some much poorer people as well um it, it, they and it's if, if they wanted to play around with the tax system, they could do a little bit more on business investment. So, you know, there are things they could do that wouldn't necessarily, um, that, that would just smooth things out of it to make it make a bit more sense. And like I said, they could raise capital gains but, tax. But you don't have much faith they can know, do any of
1: that. Um, I don't
2: think they're going to do any of it. I think it's they, because it doesn't grab headlines. They'll do something that will grab headlines. This is about electioneering.
1: Well, then national insurance is what's been been, yeah. been flagged up, along with taxing vapes, apparently, whatever that means.
2: Right, well, but- they haven't really thought that one through either, and that bothers me hugely, that people don't understand national insurance. I, I think it's good that they are now actually treating it as, yeah, it's a tax. Right. What hmm. they haven't done is they made the, made the connection between that and the state pension. So they have not discussed having, if they cut the rate of national insurance, how they are going to fund the state pension. Because as it stands, it's state pension is funded from national insurance. Fully, is fenced.
0: it? So it's, it's, it's ring-fenced, is it? Yes, it
2: is. It's fully, fully funded. Only The only time it hasn't been um, in the last um, 15 years, in, in 2014 to 16, the government topped, up, topped it up from general taxation because it was actually... Um, on an unsustainable trend at the time. But that was a temporary measure, um, while the effect of raising the state pension ages Came into force, which um, brought made itself, it gradually, eventually made itself funding again. It's
0: a regressive tax, of course, as well. So, they I mean, yeah. the simple thing to do, which they're never going to do because it's not going to win with Tory voters, is to say, we're going to abolish it and we will just take it out of uh, general, taxation. General, general taxation and just put, put put tax up.
2: No, no, I mean, George, George Osborne talked about doing that and never never actually did it. Somebody needs to, but it's a huge change. It's not simple to do. One of the biggest problems with it is that nobody over the age of six, nobody, nobody over state pension age pays it. So, pensioners who are working, who or who have unearned income, don't pay national insurance. So you can't roll it into general taxation. It's got to stand alone, unless you unless that's you exactly tackle that.
1: overall reform, as we were saying. Well, you, don't
2: you,
0: though, you don't want to the tax those. You don't want to tax those people who are nearing sixty-five. God, we don't want that to happen. No, God, no, God, be, God, be, never, never thank that.
1: you, but they also yeah. to vote Tory most of the So that's <laughs> another issue.
2: But well, I, actually, I actually think. I actually think we yeah. should tax yeah. them if they. Yeah. I'm not so. saying anything at
1: this point. It's all too dangerous for words.
2: <laughs> I think um, so too.
0: But, but anyway, no, all right. it,
2: means, it is yeah. massive reform which you know the no government is going to tackle in well, you know, the six months no, before the Tax
0: reform is another issue, isn't it? Oh, we will sure we'll we'll come on it. to
1: on this podcast. But we're, mm. we're drawing to the end, I guess, of our, our thoughts about this, Francis. But did, so your sense overall is that this will be a budget entirely with a view a fizzer on the election and with no massive changes that again to make much actual difference to the nature of, of the UK That would be climate. my
2: view, yeah. I, I don't see any, any, any forward thinking. Like I said, they look to me like a tired government that has no ideas and thinks it's going to lose the next election. If it's looking forward at all, it's looking forward to the election beyond that. So we might see some possible policies that might be pointing in that direction
0: well you've got to commend them despite all of this they still keep on showing up for work so you've got to you know you've got to give <laughs> lots of to them some the, <laughs> <lots> of <laughs> the doubt that's <laughs> true i
2: was going to say well we're all standing down at the next election <laughs>
1: It Seems like it, Francis. Thank you for being Great with us. Thanks for giving us some insights on the on the budget. We shall
0: see what actually happens. Thanks, Francis. That was fun. So yeah, next week uh, when the budget is on, we won't yes. be talking about the budget. No, we, no. We've done that now. We, all, all done. We, 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 you know, we know it's not going to be particularly interesting or particularly relevant to our no, lives. No, no. What is more relevant to our lives? Well, strangely, in a, in a terrible is, way,
1: is yeah. is something that's been happening now for five months, about two thousand miles away, and I'm talking about the Gaza war, which mm. is considering what it is, has had an extraordinary effect on British politics, British society. We hear yeah. talk about anti-Semitism, massive demonstrations. We hear talk about Islamophobia, which is uh, seeming to be uh, undermining the political institutions at the moment in various ways, certainly claims on quite a dramatic scale about the extent of Islamophobia, but also about the extent of, as uh, some politicians put it, Islamists taking over in certain areas. So there's a lot going on in British politics related to this. And at least
0: to peak hasn't it? Yeah. It's always been there for decades, mm. obviously. This 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 part of the world has got people, you know, uh e- e- in varying degrees uh, just angry yes. from one side or the on, other on,
1: and, and, and taking huge offence whatever anyone says yeah. so just saying by the way we so,
0: might offend someone next week but well I mean I feel like I'm going into it with a little bit of trepidation because you do yeah. worry about saying stuff which can be easily misinterpreted and then well, you get branded with something you'd like to think that you're not you well know?
1: yeah but I, what we're going to be trying to do is look at the effect that it has had on British politics which mm. I don't think anyone can deny whatever the rights and wrongs of it all mm. it has had an effect and and it looks like an effect that's going to last.
0: Yeah, and why this war out of all wars? You know, why are we so concerned about this war when there's so much worse that's been happening uh, in other parts of the world that we just seem to ignore as well. So We'll be taking uh, on all that next week. Yeah, on the Y Curve. Thanks for listening this week. Catch you next week.
1: Bye. The
0: Y Curve